0: Hi, I'm Paul Zarnota, an award-winning barrister and adjunct law lecturer. And welcome to the Raise Ipsa Loquita podcast, your shortcut to legal wisdom. In each episode, I'll be your navigator through short, sharp, and easy to digest summaries of recent and important cases in the area of torts, insurance, and personal injuries litigation. In these episodes, we'll unpack cases decided under Australian law and beyond to cater to time-poor practitioners, law students and all interested legal minds. Thanks for being here. Let's dive right into today's case. In today's episode, we will take a look at a recent case decided in the Victorian Supreme Court of Reynolds and Patel. It's an interesting case which explored the liability of an Uber driver to a passing-by cyclist who sustained injuries when struck by a car door opened by an alighting passenger. I should say from the outset that the case proceeded solely on the issue of liability because the parties agreed on the first day of trial on the quantum of damages to be awarded to Mr Reynolds if he were to be successful in establishing negligence by the Uber driver. The facts were as follows. On 20 January 2017, at about 6.30 at night, Mr. Reynolds was cycling from Crown Casino, where he worked as a pastry chef, to his home in Richmond. He crossed over the Swan Street Bridge and was cycling along the designated bicycle lane on Olympic Boulevard in the vicinity of Melbourne Park. Reynolds gave evidence that this was his regular route home from work unless it was raining and so he was familiar with the area. He gave evidence he was cycling at a regular relaxing pace, but that he could not say what his precise speed was. The bicycle lane which he was cycling in ran alongside the left side of the vehicle lane on that stretch of road. There was also a pull-in or a slip lane reserved for taxis in that area. Now at the time of the accident, the Australian Open tennis tournament was on at Melbourne Park and suffice to say it was not in dispute between the parties that the area at the time was congested with traffic either stationary or moving slowly. The road conditions also at the time were said to be dry and it was still light at that time of the accident. The defendant, Mr Patel, was an Uber driver and he was driving a passenger, Mr Luna, a visitor from Sydney who was not familiar with the area to the Australian Open Tennis Tournament. Luna had ordered the Uber via the Uber app and sat in the rear left passenger seat with two crutches to help him mobilise due to a knee injury he had at the time. While Mr. Reynolds was cycling along the bicycle lane, Luna opened the left passenger door to Mr. Patel's car, and the door struck Reynolds, which caused Reynolds to be thrown from his bike and suffer injuries to his hands and left wrist. Reynolds gave evidence that he was pretty conscious of the possibility of car doors being opened, and was always looking in the side mirrors of cars, and prepared for something like that could happen but he did not see any sign there was a passenger about to alight from Battelle's car. He could not recall whether the vehicle had its indicators or hazard lights on. He gave evidence that the door opened on the edge of the bike lane, adjacent to the upper part of the entrance to the taxi drop-off area, and that following the accident, he was assisted by Luna and a marshal who was working in the taxi area. Luna gave evidence that during the car ride he was looking at his phone on social media and not paying attention to the route taken by Mr Patel and that while driving down Olympic Boulevard, traffic was moving at a snail's pace. He gave evidence that prior to alighting from the car, he asked Patel, is this okay? And Patel's immediate response was to swipe the Uber app to terminate the fare. He said there was no further conversation and he assumed That was the end of the fair. that was the spot to get out and he opened his door to the left. Luna gave evidence that he was not aware there was a bicycle lane to the left side of the car and did not check for cyclists before opening the door. He gave evidence that Patel did not give him any advice or warning to not get out of the car, that he was about to exit into a bicycle lane or to take care of passing bicycle riders. He gave evidence that had he been warned of these matters, he would not have opened the door. Interestingly, Patel was not called to give evidence, and Justice Selimandris noted that Patel could have been questioned on a number of factual matters, including the location of the accident, whether he heard Luna say, is this okay, whether he was aware of Luna's intention to alight from the vehicle when he did, whether he turned his hazard lights or indicators on, and whether he warned Luna of the hazards of opening the car door in that area. Overall, Her Honour stated that, where appropriate, Having only heard from Reynolds and Luna, she was entitled to draw a Jones and Dunkell adverse inference from the failure to call evidence from Patel, that is, that his evidence would not have assisted his defense. Overall, at paragraphs 35 to 49 of the judgment, her honor was satisfied on the evidence from Luna and in the absence of evidence from Patel, that Patel was asked by Luna, is this Okay. And Reynolds' counsel urged Her Honour to accept that the thrust of this question was to confirm it was okay to exit the vehicle and indicating an imminent intention to do so, which Her Honour accepted despite urging from Patel's counsel that the question was vague. Second, Her Honour was further satisfied that Patel understood that Luna was asking if it was okay to end the trip and exit the Uber at that location. And Her Honour's acceptance that Patel understood what was being asked was supported by uncontradicted evidence that Patel swiped the Uber app at about the same time which terminated the fare, rejecting an argument by Patel's counsel that the question and swiping of the app at about the same time were coincidental. And further, Her Honour accepted that Patel knew that Luna, in those circumstances, would imminently exit the vehicle and that it was not a designated stopping zone. Overall, in the absence of evidence from Patel and accepting the credible and reliable evidence from Luna, Her Honour held that it was open for her to infer that Patel had sufficient time to both warn Luna of the dangers of exiting the vehicle, where and when he did, and to turn on his indicator or hazard lights, and that he did not provide any warning to Luna, nor turn on his indicators or hazard lights despite sufficient time to do so. Turning to liability... Her Honour noted it "It is well established that drivers owe a duty of care to other road users, including cyclists, and that the scope of the duty is capable of extending to the actions of their passenger with respect to passers-by, including cyclists. Her Honour further referred to earlier cases and considered there may be some occasions where it's incumbent on a driver to say something to the departing passenger. On the issue of breach... It was alleged that Patel failed to turn on his indicators or hazard lights to warn Mr. Reynolds of Luna's impending exit from the vehicle and failed to warn Luna against exiting the vehicle in an unsafe location or to take care of cyclists in the bicycle lane. At paragraph 97 of the judgment, Her Honour held that a reasonable driver in the circumstances would have warned Luna against exiting at that location or advised him to watch out for cyclists and further would have put the indicator or warning lights on. On the evidence before Her Honour, Patel failed to so warn Mr. Luna, Mr. Luna being uninformed of the risk presented by passerby cyclists, and at 100, Her Honour considered Patel's failure to warn here was a breach of duty, which was a cause of the accident involving Mr. Reynolds. Her Honour also considered the failure to use the indicators or warning lights was a simple action that would have alerted Reynolds who gave evidence of being conscious of and looking out for opening car doors, and Her Honour accepted it was probable that if they were on, Reynolds would have observed them and taken steps to avoid the accident. So overall, Her Honour considered Patel was liable to Reynolds. There were two other arguments raised. First, it was raised by Patel's counsel that Luna's actions in recklessly opening the door without first checking it was safe to do so was in effect a novus actus interveniens, which Patel could not foresee. But Her Honour rejected that argument, holding the actions of Luna should have been within the reasonable contemplation of Patel, and that while Luna's actions were a cause of the accident, they were not the sole cause, and Patel's failures were also causes of the accident and Mr Reynolds' injuries, for which he is liable. Second, it was argued Mr Reynolds was himself guilty of contributory negligence, and thus his damages ought fairly be reduced to account for his share of responsibility. But Her Honour rejected that argument accepting Reynolds had no opportunity to brake or swerve, having accepted evidence earlier that the car door opened without warning or indicator or hazard lights operating. So that's Reynolds and Patel. An interesting recent example of a case where liability was attributed to a driver of a vehicle where a passenger alights causing an accident to a passing by cyclist in the cycling lane. Of course, each case will turn on its facts and what evidence is accepted by the trial judge or the jury. But an interesting case, nevertheless, and Mr Reynolds was successful here. I should mention that there has been a recent legislative change in the state of Victoria to Section 94 of the Transport Accident Act, such that cyclists injured in during accidents, such as this case, can now sue the passenger themselves, as they will also now be indemnified by the Transport Accident Commission. But of course, you will still need to establish that you as the cyclist have sustained a quote serious injury to pursue any common law damages claim and that is dealt with by myself in another episode I have recorded involving the case of Haddon Engineering in McKinnon and you will also need to prove that the passenger was negligent or at fault in order to obtain any damages. Thanks for joining me on Ray's Ipsa Loquita. We have a library of episodes which will be released regularly where we delve into new cases, unravel legal complexities and continue our exploration in the world of torts, insurance and personal injuries litigation. If you found today's episode valuable, be sure to hit subscribe to stay up to date with more quick, comprehensive legal insights. See you next time. This is a Guide Your Light Network production, creating podcasts with purpose.